deal with that. So I I work an office job, so I usually take my lunch break at like 1230 every day. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like mute all the notifications on my phone. And then, um, you know, I'll just like watch the direct on my own time. Like when I get, when I punch out for lunch, uh, I'm going to go on Twitter and mute every word. Like I'm going to mute Metroid. I'm going to mute Zelda. I'm going to mute like every keyword for Nintendo. You would have had to mute like 50 words, bro. Yeah. So like, I actually got very lucky today. My boss let me go to lunch like a, a whole half hour early. So like just as I was getting into my car, the uh, the direct was starting. So I got to watch in uh, real time, which was uh, very very fun. Nice. Did you pop off at work? Like, was anybody like concerned or like, <laughs> what is he doing? Why well, is he they're popping always off? <laughs> they're always concerned for me at work, unfortunately. But this is work. Uh, We're supposed to be miserable. Why is he in the corner popping off right now? <laughs> Let's go! So imagine like, <laughs> like imagine being at work and then just randomly being like, yes. Like, oh, my God, dude, like, calm down. <laughs> so that happened to me. Uh, <laughs> that that happened to me at um, for the E3 that Banjo got revealed at because, like, yeah. I saw I was I was watching the direct on my phone because uh, Twitch was blocked on my work computer at the time. So I was watching it on my phone and then, like, I see the trailer happening in the background and then I see the jiggy, you know, fly into the screen. And I told my coworker, I'm just like, I need to go. And I ran into the back and I just started <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I can't explain what's going on right now, but just understand that I'm fine. You should have just looked at her and went, Guh-huh? yeah, <laughs> I got to go. Guh-huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, babes. So we are in the future. Finally, babes. finally, babes, little man, little dudes. I was talking to the audience, not you hungry. Don't worry. Um, I would never call you babe. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Glintendo podcast. I'm Glintendo. This is a weekly Smash community slash Nintendo big galaxy brain and occasional peanut brain conversation podcast. Podcast goes up every Thursday for supporters on Patreon and then becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, a bunch of other podcasts that are uh, obscure places to listen. Um, this episode is actually free day one to everybody everywhere, uh, all sizes and shapes and colors, because we're celebrating the future, my guys. We are living in it finally. I feel like since this podcast started, we've been talking about all the things that culminated in today's Nintendo Direct for E3 2021. Joining me from the future, Kyle Rios Koopa, the host of the Cooped Up podcast. Kyle, say hello to the fans. Hello, hello, everybody. And listen, as a, a high school student in Tokyo, I'm very excited to be coming to you guys from the future today. You should have just said, yeah, yeah, and then just left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have, but I And didn't. coming from the very distant future, because he hasn't been on in a little while, but we have, we have the boys back. We've assembled the full squad for this special episode. Our good friend, our pal. Our Hungry, the creator of the YouTube.com slash Our Hungry channel. Our Hungry, say hello to the fans. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's been a while, so I forgot about that. The move, the random movie quotes. And that one, oh, that one sounds so familiar. That one's really obvious. Oh, come on, man. You're killing me. That sounds so familiar. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need we don't need roads. Glenn, you've heard me wax poetic about this movie hundreds of times. 
wax poetic. Who the hell says that? <laughs> like, what are you, bro? Like some fucking old Englishman? Wax poetic. Be. All right, where's it from? It, I know that I know it. I just can't. I put can't my tell finger you. on it. Kyle, I don't I say it. I'm uh, wow, roads me. where we're going. We don't need roads. Oh my god, that sounds so familiar. This is gonna kill me. <laughs> Can you give me a hint, and then we'll move on. If nope. I fail at the hint, then that's it. Not nah, because if the audience doesn't know, I don't want them to know either. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Damn it. Okay, we'll, well try anyway. to drop. We'll try to drop subtle hints as the podcast moves along. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just let's just get going, man. Because like there is there's an insane amount of stuff to talk about. Um, so we got finally our first like it feels like this is like the first real direct that we've gotten in like two years because all the other ones have been like they weren't all bad, but we got like a lot of minis and a lot of random ones, and then we got like one that was kind of big, but they all just blue balled us so hard, like. The last one where it was like Anoma comes out and he's like, uh, don't ask me about Brother Wall 2, uh, Skyward Sword HD. And then he just left. Like now we have our finally like the big guy. The big guns were out. Uh, it was about roughly 40 minutes. And uh, it opens with a straight up lie, which is just hilarious because they're like, yeah, we're going to focus on just <laughs> games that are coming out in 2021 this year, which thankfully was just a lie because they did show us a little bit more than that, even though it was mostly true. Um, so quick disclaimer, like we're going to rush through, we're going to talk about, we're not going to rush. We're going to talk about in great detail, a lot of the best and the biggest bullet points. Cause like, dude, this was a 40 minute direct and there was a lot of stuff shown and we're not going to spend time on each and every game. Like there's not actually a lot to say on every single game. So if you just want like all of it, obviously just go watch the direct, like you're here for us to talk about the cool stuff, the best stuff the galaxy brain stuff. So first things first, they open the direct after the lie, right? After the, these guys just look us in the eyes and go 2021, they just straight up lie. After that, they go into the next character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This is the second to last character that is coming to the game. As far as we know, there are rumors that maybe there's one more after this fighters pass, but as far as we know, this is the second to last character to come to the game. And it's interesting because we actually thought we were going to get... Did you guys think we were going to get the two-character thing? Because, like, they did that at the last Big E3 with, like, they opened with Hero from Dragon Quest and then they ended with Banjo. Like, they opened with a new character. We'll say, we'll talk about the character in a minute. But did you guys think we were going to get two? I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little shocked, to be honest with you, that we only got one. Yeah, I kind of just wanted to because I'm tired of thinking about who they are, bro. It's been <laughs> this game's been out forever now. Like this game is actually just old. Like it's it still feels new, but when you think about it, you're like, dude, this game came out in like 2018. You know what I mean? Because like we've been getting new characters. characters. Yeah, these dude Sakurai literally is just never gonna. He's just never gonna be able to to stop until the end of this year. Um. So yeah, we only got one, and they did it right at the beginning of the direct and the new fighter is Kazuya Mishima from the Tekken series. Tekken is obviously uh, one of the biggest. It's actually apparently, it's the fourth biggest fighting game franchise ever, selling 50 million units. And uh, there's been a, like a bunch of games across a bunch of platforms, including the 3DS and the Wii U. 
and it's more of like a 3d fighter it's not like street fighter that's strictly 2d or even smash in that way like you can move in 3d um and it, who doesn't know tekken like everybody knows the name tekken and like this is just one of those reveals where it's kind of obvious in retrospect because namco bandai makes tekken and namco bandai works with nintendo to make smash brothers so it's kind of funny that it took this long to get a second namco character the first obviously being pac-man um so just as a character choice right let's just talk about the choice and then we'll talk about like the actual reveal trailer like what do you guys think about this as a choice like are, is this a good pick are we excited about you know this dude you know what i mean uh, personally i don't care for checking you know like yeah not much of a fighting game person outside of smash so i have no personal attachment to that yeah um but as far as like deserving i mean that was like the first really big uh like 3d fighting game you know there was like soul edge soul caliber around Virtual that same, fighter yeah around that same time but tekken yeah. is the one that really like popped off you know yeah and so. it's the only one that's still around actually because now that you mention it i'm like like soul caliber still around but that's they don't really put those out that much virtual fighter is like completely gone like i don't know where what happened to that series and like street fighter tried to go 3d for a while like on the ps1 and then mm -hmm. like they just were like nah we're going back to 2d and so like tekken is literally the king of that 3d fighter thing kyle what do you think of like this as a choice like is this an exciting pick you think so as um it's it's something i actually don't talk about a lot of but growing up my neighbors and i when we weren't playing smash we actually played a lot of tekken um so i have like a pretty i i mean i'm not very good <laughs> kind of like i am with smash but I'm dude tekken is supposed to be fucking hard man it's a it's everyone a very, just that's all i hear yeah. about it is that it's, it's a hard, hard like yeah. people joke about like the fatal fury like pretzel combos and stuff that, like you have to do with your stick to like you know get things done but tekken is like legitimately a hard game um wait pretzel but, pretzel combos as in like the joystick you need to move it like a pretzel like the shape no, of a yeah, pretzel like, yeah like if you look at like some like um like some of the inputs you have to do for like moves and like king of fighters and stuff like yeah it's literally like you're like moving your controller into what in the shape of like a pretzel i've literally like, never heard that before that is so funny a pretzel combo <laughs> yeah it, it's it's weird, but I've, to I've me, a pretzel uh, combo sounds like a pretzel <laughs> with a drink <laughs> and, and fries. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and at the movies you get that for twenty two dollars, um, uh, or a but, small um, tuition or a small loan. <laughs> yeah, of twenty. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I have a, a pretty like uh, ex extensive history with the Tekken series. It's something that I played a lot of with my with my neighbors growing up with some of my uh, a lot of my friends at my house. My brother really likes Tekken, so it's a game that I'm familiar with um granted I'm, I'm still like pretty casual with it because i had to remind myself that like kazuya is not like another character in the tekken franchise that looks like eerily similar i was like oh wait that's right because uh hey hachi is the one you're thinking of no it, it was a hachi and uh uh it's a Jin. Jin. i always get Jin, Jin and, yeah and Jin and kazuya like mixed up because they both have like a devil form uh, yeah so, so i was like oh that's dope and but then i you know i had to quickly remind myself that i was wrong but i think it's cool i think if it was if it was gonna be a tekken rep i i much i much prefer kazuya versus heihachi because i just i don't know i don't want to have to pay money for an old guy <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa, aesthetically I, just, whoa, okay so you're elitist against old people you're cool just, with their skin color but if like if they're too old you're that's when you draw the line 
right? I mean, now you're just putting words in my mouth. So, So, like, the way I looked at this was, like, obviously, I think we all would agree, like, this character wasn't – if I had to make a top five list of, like, who I thought it would be or who I wanted, I I would never put a Tekken character on my list. Um, Like, I had, like, Eggman or, like, Chun-Li or, like, uh, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. Or like even Waluigi for me, I know it's a meme, and I know a lot of people don't want that. But, <laughs> but even even Waluigi for me, I would have put on my list. Like I would have never thought Tekken. But uh, that being said, like it's not a bad choice. You know what I mean? Like it's it's avoiding. It's definitely deserving, and it's definitely like there's a a, a cool like world to draw from. Um, like all those the music and stages and all the cool trappings of like Tekken stuff. Like if you notice in the trailer, a lot of people miss this. His victory screen, where it usually in Smash, it'll say like, Cloud, who wins? Instead of that, it says, it's like the voice from the Tekken game. And it's yeah. like, you know, Kazuya wins. It's like a whole different voice. <laughs> so they added that, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad pick. They avoided like the meme stuff. Like Fire Emblem is already, the meme already done with that. Anime sword fighter characters, like they already did a lot of those. So I'm just like, it's actually funny because when I think about it now, I'm like, it's not that they avoided it; it's that they ran out of bad options. <laughs> it's like they, they have did. one. They have one pretty big option they can still do, which is what Pokemon. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Oh my god! If the last character is a Pokemon, how bad is that going to go? I would over, actually dude? be more upset about a Pokemon than a Fire Emblem character. Like, I have no qualms saying that. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the thing. Is like. Hungry's right, and I keep forgetting that a Pokemon has been speculated. That's like the only one left. Like before the DLC even started coming out, everyone was already like, "All right, well, there's going to be DLC for Ultimate, and we know there's going to be an Arms character, and there's going to be a bunch of anime sword fighters. There's going to be another Fire Emblem." People said that almost hoping that if they said it, it wouldn't happen because nobody wants that. And then the only other thing on that list was a Pokemon, and so they haven't done that. And now that it's the last character it's not just the last character this is probably the last character possibly for smash ever as sakurai directing it because i really believe this time that the he is finished with this series once this is finished and like unless he's gonna wait like 20 years and be like 80 years old and do the next one (laughs) like they're not making another one back to back like the reason that ultimate happened so fast is because the wii u was a failure and so He's been working on Smash nonstop for 10 years. And if the last character, after all these legendary characters have been brought into Smash, like Snake and Sephiroth and Cloud and Ryu and Mario, Pikachu, if the last character is a Pokemon, dude, that's going to be horrible. People are going to rage so hard. I'm going to rage. I'm going to think that's horrible. There's no Pokemon they could put in that I'd be like, okay, that's, that's worthy of the last character. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I agree. I I just I don't know. Sakurai has given so much of his of his life and his his time to this game that to for his swan song to be like uh, a Pokemon character for like the potential final new character in Smash ever, that is like the wettest fart in a quiet room I think <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, oh boy, talk, talk I hate that people just, are like, saying that now, man. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a the, hungry hates it. That's a common phrase. <laughs> yeah. 
wet. I'm not fart. sorry, by come the way. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. A moist fart. That is disgusting. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that would be a very damp fart if it was a Pokemon. All right. I think they know that. I hope that they know that because the only thing that worries me about that is that the last character for Smash Brothers on the Wii U, um, technically, was it Corrin or Bayonetta? It was um, Corrin? Technically, it was. Okay, so depends what you mean technically. <laughs> like which one, which one a, came out first? They both came out on the same day. That's right? what it was. Okay. They were yeah. both announced on the same day. Yeah, right? Corn was revealed ahead of her. Right? Yes, right? But in the game files, it looks like Corn was implemented last. Like, you know, every character has like a slot and a number. Yeah. Right? In the game files, it looks like Bayonetta came first and then Corn. So. Yeah, and Depends also, what you mean by technically. <laughs> and also, Byleth was the last character of the first Fighters Pass, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, oh boy. I mean, there's, <laughs> they're not going to end it. They're not going to end it with Fire Emblem. I could at least say that. There's literally no way. What say now? Dude, I will, I will actually have to commit felony murder, bro. If I see more Fire Emblem. I'm going to cry, bro. I was excited. You know why? Because the only Fire Emblem in this E3 Direct was Marth getting thrown into a volcano by this character in Smash. <laughs> that was the only Fire Emblem in this entire 40 minutes. I was so excited for that. Um, so let's just talk about the trailer. Hungry, what did you think about this trailer? Like, I saw how you reacted, but like, it was pretty, it was really it was pretty hype. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the best part for me was when... Uh, he grabs Kirby, and they made Kirby smaller. Like they made him like the size of like, a basketball for the trailer, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did shrink him. Yeah, and then he's like wiggling his feet, like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he lets him go. He looks down. He's like, what happened? And then and he's like, like where he's is just, he? And yeah. then he just floats away behind him. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've <laughs> loved the meme variants of uh, of Mo throwing uh, was uh, the guy out of the bar in The Simpsons. And they've just done that with Kazuya and Kirby. Oh yeah! <laughs> like I just, I just thought it was really funny. And also, the body count continues to add up in these trailers. Like, what's oh, the death? Yeah. What's, what's the death toll up to characters that are that are just offed or just Yo, gone? For real though, Ganon was just dead in the beginning. He was yeah. like legitimately like got murdered. Yeah. So for for people who don't know, or or just to set up the context, the the direct opens with. You just have a zoomed-in shot of Ganon being carried by someone. You don't know that it's the guy from Tekken yet. And there's a they're just at a giant volcano. And Ganon is dead. Like, there's no pupils in his eyes. Like, he looks literally deceased, bro. And it's like he just gets thrown into this volcano by the Tekken character. Apparently, it's like a thing from the Tekken games where, like, the, you know, the whole um, – there's like a giant tournament that they're all fighting in in the story of the game. And you have to throw the the guy over over the edge after you defeat him into the volcano. And so he's just throwing characters into the volcano left and right. Like they show Ganon. They show Captain Falcon with a cracked visor. And they show like Marth and Min Min and Pit. And then he tries to throw Kirby and Kirby just flies away behind him. It was just it's so funny, man. I think canonically Kirby just can't die in these trailers because he's the only one to survive the Galeem attack, and he also survives volcano. <laughs> volcanic oh, that's right. And ashes. I think. I think this is. I think Sakura is just reminding us that he has a favorite, and that it's always going to be Kirby. <laughs> in uh, who, well, in regards to who lives and who dies. To be fair, I, I I tweeted about this how I find it funny and comical as a Zelda nerd that this guy 
actually thought throwing Ganon into a volcano was going to stop him. Dude, you don't, they're seven <laughs> sages, okay? They are sages. You don't think they thought of that, bro? You cannot kill this man by throwing him into a volcano. You're an amateur, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that dude's coming right back, bro. You don't think Ganon has been thrown into a volcano at some point or someone's thought of that? They literally flooded the land to kill this guy in Wind Waker, and they couldn't do it. So I'm just laughing at him for that. <laughs> but the other funny thing is, like, to go back to the body count thing, like, that when you see Falcon, like, dude, Falcon looks straight up deceased, bro. Like, his his visor is, like, blinking. Like, the, the eyes in his visor are blinking, and it's, like, cracked. And yeah. it's just so funny how, like, every trailer somehow is Falcon. Like, the Min Min one, Falcon's in it. Like this one, Falcon's in it. They just need to, they need to start using Falcon in the other crossover games. Like I know Hungry has said this a million times where it's like, because he's like human shaped, they need to put him in Street Fighter. They need to put him in Tekken. They need to put <laughs> oh, him in Marvel. My, my exact quote is they should put him in Mortal Kombat so you can x-ray that guy. I want to like yeah. break his spine. Like, that's slow motion. <laughs> rip his head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, whoa, Captain Falcon, no! Like, I've, people, people are always like, dude, the, you can't, why would you pick out of all the Nintendo characters, put Captain Falcon in one of those crossover games? Like, he's from F-Zero. He's not in a big enough series. And I'm like, actually, no. He can go to those games representing the biggest fighting game of all time, which is Super Smash Brothers. Like, they should just put him in as a Smash character. Forget F-Zero, it's gone. All right, just put him in as a Smash character. I want to see him getting X-rayed in Mortal Kombat. I want to see him do like Infinites in Marvel vs. Capcom. They should just put Falcon in every fighting game. <laughs> I've I've always said it's a it's a missed opportunity for Nintendo to not make Captain Falcon DLC for Fire Emblem Awakening when they already had animated him in the art style for the like Lucina and Robin yeah. trailer. He like, looked really that, good in that trailer. Yeah, he looks like he fits in. Like, I would have believed Yeah, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Falcon would fit in in any fighting game. Like, he's just he's just one of those guys. He's a buff guy wearing a cool outfit. Like, he would look awesome. In that Fire Emblem, uh, the Lucina reveal trailer for Smash 4, like, he was animated in the Fire Emblem style, and he, like, almost punches Lucina's head off. Like, he looks huge in that trailer. It's like, he almost looked like he would have just punched her head clean off her shoulders. Yeah, almost. Did. It was so awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that was Smash. We're going to talk about Smash. Like, we don't want to go too much into, you know, this character because um, Sakurai announced that on June 28th, he's going to be doing his, you know, typical, like, analysis of the character. He'll tell us the release date, probably show us me fighter costumes that are coming with it, the music, the stage. He's been doing this for every DLC character. Um, so that's set for June 28th. And we'll probably talk about this character more at that time. You also will see like the the executions of all the me costumes, just like oh, not that guy's not getting <laughs> yeah. in. The yeah. deconfirms, the yeah. banishment. Like, who yeah. do you think's gonna be on this time? Like, who's left to deconfirm, dude? Right. It's gonna well, be like Chun Li. It's gonna be like Chun Li and like Street Fighter characters. Well, maybe we might get some like Namco characters. So maybe someone like Kanoa uh, might get a me costume. Oh, dude, Lloyd. People have been asking, yeah. I, yeah, that's ooh, that'd be crazy. What or if they do like a Dark Souls like armor costume, like something or like that. the Doom Slayer for the Me Gunner? Oh boy, well, he's a, have they, he's have a, they like, brought Namco back character. the uh, the virtual fighter costumes yet? I don't remember if they did or not. I think they did. I think he came with Terry, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, man, that would be if if I see a Doom Slayer or Master Chief Me Gunner costume, 
I'm gonna be tight, dude. <laughs> oh my god. At this point, Master Chief is the only character they can end this game on that will, you know, not be a wet fart. It will be a very dry, <laughs> thunderous, happy fart. Um, but yeah, so after that happens, we're going to go a little bit out of order, but for the most part, we're going to stick to the order of the direct. So after they show us this Smash character, um, we get a, a new Mario Party game, Mario Party Superstars, which comes out October 29th. And this is interesting because it's not actually a sequel to Super Mario Party. It's a very different type of Mario Party. It's actually more like the old ones. So they have five of the, they just tell straight up there's only five boards in the game, which I still think is kind of a small amount. And they're five remade N64 era boards. So it's like from Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, they show us like Peach's Cake and like the space level from Mario Party 2. Um, and they look really cool in this remade style. Um, and it's just funny because it feels like they can't make boards anymore. Like Mario Party, <laughs> Super Mario Party, the only problem with that game was that it had four boards and they were all really tiny. And then this game, it's like, dude, we can't make boards anymore. Like, we don't know how to do it. So we're just going to take the old ones and remake them. Um, so the other thing about this game is as over 100 mini games, a lot of them, I, I don't know if it's all of them or just a lot of them. It wasn't clear. Um, but it's many like of them at the very uh, least are remakes the of the old ones. ones. Sorry, what was that? It's like a mi- I think it's like a mix of the best ones of those games. Yeah, it feels like that's what it is. Um, and the, the only other interesting thing to talk about with this game is that unlike Super Mario Party, it's all, um, there's no motion controls uh, to be seen. So there's like Super Mario Party had that you played the game with a single Joy-Con and almost all the mini games were like based on some kind of like Joy-Con motion control stuff. Um, these are all button based. So they show the guy playing it like on a Switch Lite, unlike the other one. Which is funny. They might have just made this game to be like, dude, we can't sell Super Mario Party to people who bought a Switch Lite because you can't detach the Joy-Con. So let's just make a new one for just those guys. Um, And every game mode is online. So this game looks awesome. I'm happy I didn't buy Super Mario Party because I was going to recently and it's still full price. And now I'm just going to wait for this. Um, This looks really awesome. Really awesome for someone like me. Kyle, how do you feel about this game? Are you excited about Mario Party at all? I don't I'm, even know if you're a Mario Party guy. <laughs> this is, I mean, if, or is, is anybody really like a Mario Party like person? Like, I like Mario Party. That's, that's <laughs> a game I enjoy. Like, uh, I'm honest. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little let down by this because I feel like this easily. Like, when I found out that it was, this is a, another game, I'm I'm gonna wait and hold my thoughts and to see how much they're charging for it. But like, Oh, it is a full price game. I'm willing to bet anything on that. There's no way it's not full price. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It feels a little like loosely handled because they just, you know, spent all that time adding online to super Mario party. So when I saw this, I'm just like, Oh cool. They're like listening to, you know, uh, they're like, you know, three years late to the party with DLC to super Mario party, but they're giving us an opportunity to play, you know, some classic boards, some classic mini games and, and, and stuff uh, with this new game. And then they're just like, Oh yeah, this game uh, comes out this uh, September or whatever. And I'm just like, what? Like what's yeah. the, what was the, what was the point of releasing <laughs> of updating super Mario party? Well, if you're just going to release a new one, like I, the I, speculation, I, I, think it's a little, I think it's a little lame. Yeah. It's definitely greedy, bro. But that the speculation is that the reason the update even happened for Super Mario Party is because they it, they're using the same engine and it's the same 
um, it's the same like engine and the same developers as the last one. So when they figured out how to make the online for this game, they were like, oh, we could probably just retcon the code and retrofit it to the old game. So the only reason the old game has it is because the new game has it. The better, it, but you're right. Like, I mean, everything you said was 100%. And like the first game should have had better online to begin with. It's not like it didn't have online. It just had really bad online. Like they didn't have online for all the game modes. And the, so the game modes that did have online pre the update, dude, it was literally horrible. It was like the worst online I've seen in a long time. It was really, really bad. <laughs> um, so I have some mixed feelings about this game. Uh, I'm kind of where you're at, but I'm also like on the other side of the fence and I'll explain in a minute. But what I really want to ask is, are Hungry's here today? And I feel like we haven't, <laughs> he's never actually said this. Okay. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pin him in a corner, but Hungry, I, I feel like if anytime I think about you talking about Mario Party in general, it's never anything good. And I want to set the record straight. <laughs> I want to set the record straight right now and ask you just straight up. Do you hate Mario Party? Yes or no? It's just like an attack. Dude, it, it, <laughs> uh, the, the press will not get me. Because I, I was I was I, I had my ear, press. I had my ear to the Discord earlier when we were in the call, right? And when this announcement came on, everyone was pretty jubilant. Except for you. <laughs> So I there is someone actually, sus among us, and I think it's you. I actually we are we talked about Mario Party on the podcast a while yeah, ago. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember if you said I. I don't think you actually said at the end of the day like I hate Mario Party games or I love Mario Party games. Like, but I'm starting to feel like you just don't like Mario Party games. I don't hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like not like them. You mean like or like like? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you don't hate them. Yeah. But you kind of don't like them either. I, I, dude, I, I just, feel like you never want to play them. Like, I've known you for years. We've never played Mario Party together. There's always Mario Party around. We've played it once at, like, Hezio's house. Oh, Hezio's are one of our friends. And um, did you enjoy yourself? Uh, a little bit. Enough. Because I... <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to be honest. I think I I think the reason that you don't like Mario Party that much, I'm just going to say it. I think you're a sore loser. And this is the type of game <laughs> This is the type of game where <laughs> Dude, this is the type of game where if you don't like if you can't enjoy yourself despite losing in the most absurd, stupid ways, you you're not going to like Mario Party at all. I okay, mostly so lose in this game, but I enjoy it. Okay, so Am let me I tell correct? you let me tell you what the actual thing is, right? Okay. When you're playing Mario Party, no one's paying attention to the game. Like everyone's just doing their own thing. And you'd be like, dude, go, it's your turn. Like like it's like you're playing a yeah. like actual board game, <laughs> but like and there's no like physical aspect to it. So there's like that that time is even worse. <laughs> yeah. Do you the actual have... mini games are a lot of fun, you know? I have a lot of great memories playing Mario Party, and you know, I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, why would you want to play that when we have other games to play? Yeah. So, the the newest, did you play Super Mario Party on the Switch? I played a little bit, but I don't, I don't have it. I haven't bought a Mario Party game since like N64 days. So, sheesh. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a sheesh. But I, I actually, mean, I played the GameCube ones and like. 
That's where I fell off on Mario Party. Like the GameCube era, I know a lot of people love that era for Mario Party, but I personally didn't. I only liked like two and three, and then I didn't like any of them until Super Mario Party. Well, I liked three, and I liked six, and then um, Super Mario Party was fun too. But Yeah, because here's the thing. The reason why I ask is actually because like this game, it's weird because like now I kind of have to buy both. Because Super Mario Party is like a new Mario Party with new ideas, right? So it has like the awesome mechanic of like every character has a unique dice block that you can use. And I love the strategy that you can use with that. Plus it has the motion control stuff, which again, we don't get motion games very often. And when and like this is not only a, a motion game, it's it's really good. Super Mario Party is my favorite Mario Party. This one is like the N64 ones that I really liked and enjoyed a lot and prefer, but... It's different from Super Mario Party. There's no motion controls. There's no custom dice block. It's very traditional. So, like, now there's two Mario Parties for the Switch, and it's going to be, like, the traditional one, which is this one, and then Super Mario Party is, like, the more extreme one that has, like, a bunch of weird stuff. Like, there's, like, a side mode where it's literally just, like, a rhythm, like, minigame where the characters are dancing with the Joy-Con, and, like, the cool side thing where, like, I don't know if you guys tried it, but... um, you could take a switch and put it on the table next to another switch and play mini games where you're connecting the screens together. And like, I love, I don't know. I like the experimentation. Like maybe some people wanted the old stuff again, but like I wanted the old stuff, but I also want the new stuff. So now they just bagged me for $120. Like now I'm going to buy both of them because they're both, they're both different, you know? So I have like mixed feelings about it. You know what I mean? It feels like each one of them is missing something that the other one has. Like, the new one's going to have better boards and the old one is going to have like more interesting ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. It's just like for me and in general, I'm like, I'm not going to buy a Mario party. I'm going to play it by myself. Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, I actually spent a lot of time playing like the, the single player for Mario party three with like the boss pile at the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was actually a fun time. I feel like, but- I feel like the N64 era was the last time that like multiplayer games like that had like decent or good single player components. You know what I mean? Like Diddy Kong Racing was a great single player game and Mario Party 2 and 3 had single player stuff in it. And then like they never really did anything cool like that again. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, uh it definitely started to go away in like the GameCube PS2 era, and then like in the PS3 360 area era, it was like almost completely gone. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> yeah, now it's like you—if you buy a multiplayer game, you just don't expect it to have any single-player stuff at all. Um, but yeah, so Kyle's on a little bit more negative on this. Like, did you feel like it looked cheap, though? Because I thought it looked amazing, like, in terms of, no. like, the polish and the graphics and all that. You're no, saying it, more in terms of, like, the value of it? Like, am I paying full price for another Mario Party? That's how you, you're, what you're saying? Yeah, I just feel like it's a little soon. Like, if this was, again, if I was paying for DLC boards for Mario Party, like, like Super Mario Party, I'd be, like, okay with that. I'm like, cool. That's great. That lines up with what's been going on. I just think it's it's uh, a little, like you said, it's a little like the timing's awkward for me where it's like, you know, was all of that update merely just like a beta run for like a game you're going to make us was. buy in a few months? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel a little deceived. I feel hoodwinked. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably, I don't know. I, I'm on defensive if I'm going to get it or not just because like 
Mario Party is all dependent on like how you know how uh quick of access do you have to you know like three of your closest friends in your in a general vicinity like yeah and even if it's online it's like i don't know it still doesn't feel the same it's not mario party to me unless someone is like ready to pull the system out of the tv and the wall at the same time (laughs) dude everyone has like you know experienced where like they're really you buy a multiplayer game that you're really excited about and then you just get home and you're like you have to force someone to play with you and you're just like, all right, fine. I'll play once. Okay. We're doing this once and that's it. I will never play this game with you again. And they just like, I have a friend who like literally feels bad. So he's like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll come over when I was a kid. He's like, he I would come over just to play some of these multiplayer games and then never enjoy himself. And I would just feel like I enslaved him. And like, it was just a bad experience. Yeah. Um, but the last thing I'll say about this game is that, it's. I think the reason you have mixed feelings, the reason we all might have mixed feelings is actually just because Super Mario Party was so light on content that it feels weird to pay for full price for a new game, even if the new game actually has full content. Because what I'm thinking is back in the N64 and GameCube era, more in the GameCube era, there was so... Mario Party used to come out every year. And I remember people would be like, dude, this is the same game as last year. <laughs> You know what I mean? (laughs) And it used to come out every year. And then now this one is really different from the last one. And there's actually a good reason to own each one because they are very different, like I said earlier. But the reason we have mixed feelings is actually because the first one was just so light on content that it feels like, dude, you should have given us more for that $60, like four boards. But, you know, again, they can't make boards anymore. And they're clearly telling us that. They don't know how to do that anymore. They just they just fired the guy. The guy who knows how yeah. to make boards got hit by a truck or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, another yeah. thing to consider is that because like the online came so late, people probably bought it late too. Like, oh, it was online. I'll finally buy it. You know. Oh, that that a hundred percent happened. My I told my family about the. I'm in a group chat with my siblings, and some of them just bought Mario Party like two weeks ago, and they're like, "What? You tell me to buy another one?" And I'm like, uh, I'm just excited <laughs> about it. He's like, dude, what the hell? Like, I'm not playing that with you. I just bought this one. We're going to play the old one. I'm like, all right. So anyway, moving on. Kyle, you're great. Okay. I tell you that all the time. You're a great man. But there's no way I could have had just you on this episode because the big daddy is Metroid and Metroid <laughs> is here. <laughs> And I cannot have a podcast where we talk about a new, the first new 2D Metroid game in 19 years without Hungry being on it. Okay, there's no way. So after Mario Party, they show us Metroid Dread and they give us a date coming out October 8th, even though it probably should be October 31st because that game looks creepy, bro. Dude, they show Samus (laughs) in this new outfit and it's like, it's really different the way she looks and stuff. I'm sure the game will explain what's going on with that. But then she's being like hunted down by like these like evil white robots. And it, it like they like chase you around. They can climb stuff like it's it's crazy. Like it's it, you can't apparently you can't kill them and they can one shot you and they're hunting you throughout the game. And there's video footage of like them literally jumping up and climbing the walls that you can climb and stuff like it looks really cool, and the aesthetic of the game is very different. It's, it looks like she's trying to escape, like, an evil Apple store. Like, there's, like, these white <laughs> robots everywhere that are just attacking her. Um, so, yeah, general thoughts on just the reveal and how you felt during the reveal. Because I personally 
had to grab my roommate's pants and shit in them. Again, we don't shit in our own <laughs> pants around here. We don't do that. If you want you shit in your own pants, you have something wrong with you. You shit in someone else's pants. So that's what I did. I'm over the moon excited about this. Kyle, I'm going to let you go first, just because you're not the biggest Metroid fan, but uh-huh. I, I do respect your opinion, obviously. And then we'll let Hungry take the microphone. I really want to hear what he has to say about it. You this. guys can hear me still, right? Absolutely. Okay. Unfortunately, yes. Okay. <laughs> My computer froze up for a second, so I was, I was confused. Um, listen, so, uh, so I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I am a – can you still hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I am merely a, a fringe Zelda fan. I'm that's I feel like I've been very dishonest in that because I played way more Zelda games than I've played Metroid games. I've played uh, I've played Metroid Prime one and I've played, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of Super Metroid like to completion the, Metroid Prime one. I've beaten Metroid Prime one. Yes. OK, so. you, you, you can continue. I was about yes. to just throw you out. <laughs> I was literally about to just like press the button and the trap door was going to come up and you were just going to disappear. Bro. Oh, the, the, like, bro. Seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's get in this helicopter. I'm going to show you the ejector seat. Yeah. Yeah. The imposter has been ejected. Um, but listen, I was I, I was excited for this. Listen, I want nothing more than my friends who like Metroid to eat. You know, I want them to be fed. And I, I, you know, when they announced that they still have no new updates on Metroid Prime Four, I, 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 I poured, you know, some of my drink out of the, out of the window. You know, I felt for my friends. Uh, and then they flashed this this sequence up in front of me, and it says Metroid Five. And I'm like, wait, did we just skip four? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's like Windows Ten. There's no dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> They're just like, fuck it. You know, we're, we're just getting like, screw Metroid Four. We're going straight to five, baby. Uh, but no, I, I think the game looks awesome. And even though I'm, I'm a very you know surface level Metroid consumer. Uh, you know, the alien so, inspiration is definitely plastered all over this game, like as it yeah. is with most 2D Metroid games. And Alien is one of my favorite horror movies of uh, of all time. So uh, it looks cool. I might buy it. it. It looks like a lot of fun. I have a hard time getting into like older 2D games for some reason. It's just something that's like really, really difficult for me. Brain problems. Um, what's up? <laughs> some brain problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you said it. brain not work. Yeah, brain rot. But the game looks cool. They've it's one of the games that's being showcased on the uh, on the treehouse this weekend. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of content to watch and look at. But I think the game uh, looks really cool. Uh, I'm curious of the studio that's uh, making it because I, I really like the art direction. And you know, hey, I'm happy for my Metroid fan friends. We're not going to go a whole calendar year once again starving. So yeah, it's made by Mercury Steam, who did Samus Returns on the 3DS a couple years ago. They also made a really bad 3DS Castlevania game. Um, oh, yeah. they made that. Oh, yeah. yeah but um, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. So hungry. You should be a happy guy. You know why? Because this E3, you got two games that. Emerged from the vaporware pit like Bruce Wayne and the Dark Knight Rises, dude. <laughs> see, there were two. These two games are just like the most vaporiest wares of all time. Like Elden Ring, which just disappeared after it was announced, and then we got a lot from it. And then now Metroid Dread, which a lot of people don't know. This game was officially announced and confirmed in 2005 as a DS game, and it's the only game on that confirmation list. Like there was like a list that Nintendo put out of like games that are coming out for the ds is the only one that never came out and it's just been in development hell then it was canceled restarted whatever there's a little teaser or easter egg in metroid prime 3 
back in 2011. I'm sorry, in 2007, uh, that teased this game. So Samus comes out of the pit like The Dark Knight Rises, right? Stop, man. You stop. love that movie. You love that movie. It's his favorite <laughs> Batman movie. It's his favorite movie of all time. Please, stop how do you feel about this lies. game? Well, first thing I want to say is actually not about Metroid. I must just say there's actually yeah. three Vaporware games, so we're gonna get to the third one later. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so, Vaporware trio. Yeah, we're still missing one. We're still missing the whole the tri- Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, at the end of the show, I want to talk about the games that were not in this E3 yeah, direct. So we'll, we'll get to the other ones. We'll get to the other ones. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I saw Metroid Five, I immediately knew it was gonna be a 2D game because. Um, that's what they did for Super Metroid. If you play the intro out, what you're forced to when you turn it on, right? It yeah. says Metroid 3 before it says Super Metroid. Yeah. So, uh, it's a callback to that. Um, so I was like, okay, we're getting a 2D Metroid. And then it started up and it was like a 3D models, right? And I was like, it's still a 2D Metroid, right? And then <laughs> I saw that it was like in the style of Samus Returns and yeah. I was instantly disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, Samus Returns, not a bad game, but it is like the most by the numbers Metroid game ever released. Like, remember Metroid guys? Like, that's what I felt like playing throughout <laughs> the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> like, they got like the, the Norfair soundtrack from like Super Metroid playing in every lava room. Oh like, my God. That was so annoying. Stuff like that, you know. They so like brought in s- old items from like the newer, yeah. not Metroid Two games, you know. So when you say that, like it, it struck you as like Samus Returns. You're talking about the gameplay or the art style or both. You know what I mean? Like, is it more that your problem is with the look of it, or is your problem more with like how the game plays? You know what I'm saying? So here's the problem: it's both. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Right? So my biggest problem. I don't know. I have a lot of problems with Samus Returns. So one of the problems I had with it was that every room was not like visually identifiable. Mm-hmm. So in Super Metroid and Metroid Prime, which are pretty much like everyone agrees, those are like the two best Metroid games. Like even if they're not your favorite, those yeah. are m- most people's favorites. Like in those two games, like every room was like, oh, I remember that room. This is a room with this thing, you know, even if that thing wasn't important. So, like, for example, in Super Metroid, uh, like, the 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 red Brinstar part, you know, with the red soil. Yeah. Like, it had these little mushrooms in the background, and you could, like, recognize, like, the locations and, like, the Yeah, like, the locations were more defined in terms of, like, if yeah. you're in a different biome, it was, like, really different. Yeah, so, like, a Metroid Prime, like, in, like, the... The chose the ruins to be like bugs crawling out of all the little like crevices and stuff. Yeah. Like stuff like that. It wasn't like it wasn't like gameplay stuff. It was just uh it was incidental to gameplay, but it was like integral to the atmosphere of the game. Atmosphere, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and did you feel that way about fusion? Because fusion is like really bright, but it's still a really great game. It still have it has its own merits, you know? Like fusion is yeah. the rooms are also pretty uh unique on their own right you know they yeah. have their own thing but with sandwich returns it was like i don't remember anything like everything's blended together a blur yeah that's yeah. actually i like that game a lot 
but all I remember was really enjoying running through it. And like, I kind of get what you're saying. Like the only area I remember really sticking out was like, there's this one area where you fight this boss that like is in the background and he like drills into the foreground. And like, that was different where I was like, okay, that's cool. Like that stuck in my mind, but aesthetically everything did kind of look alike to be honest. Um, But this game, I think it already aesthetically looks really different. Like Samus Returns was a remake of Samus of Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. So maybe it was a little more limiting in terms of like how artistically crazy they could get. But in this game, from the little we've seen, it's like, dude, Samus just looks really different. And these that they call them the Emmys, the E-M-M-I. Those are the robots that are trying to kill her. Those things are creepy and like really cool and really different. I didn't expect them to make like a bright metroid like this again because fusion was pretty bright too but this is like in a different way um i don't know i i think okay, do you so like the art style though like because I, I like the way samus looks a lot like her new armor yeah. this looks sick um but again the backgrounds they just look kind of plain like this the backgrounds is, oh yeah, yeah yeah so like when she's going through the caves like all the caves look kind of like dead like yeah you know, like very empty and like lacking detail, like even like the in Super Metroid, right? Like there wasn't like crazy amounts of like texture fidelity and all that yeah. stuff. But everything was very detailed, even if it, it was, was very simple. Detailed, yeah, right. even if it was simple, there was like a thing in the background that could like catch your eye for a second. Right. And as I'm looking through like the footage of this, like she's going to like the cave, and every cave room looks the same, and like the factory, like parts that, of it, I'm like, yeah. okay, that that's what a factory looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I, I get what you mean. The one thing I will say, though, is like this is obviously they're showing us like the first area of the game. So it is possible that like, again, this isn't a remake like Samus Returns. So maybe, you know, the full game will have a lot more different locales and areas because like most Metroid games do like even you know, Metro Prime 2 and 3, those are like really exotic with like the different areas that you go to. So Samus Returns, it I feel okay, I but, agree with uh, you, but Samus Returns might have been like, it might have been a Samus Returns issue specifically. You know what I mean? Well, here's a different thing that I was like, let's go back to Super Metroid, right? So Brinstar is all one area, but there was green yeah. Brinstar, there was pink Brinstar, there was red Brinstar. Like, like they just changed the colors around, but it was still the same general area. There was all like kind of, like that, the upper wildlife of the planet, right? Yeah. So the green one had all like the, had all like the vines and yeah, those kinds right. of thing, and like the red had like the mushrooms and the fungus and all that. It kind of gave you like this like feeling of a biome, right? And let's say like uh, Meridia, like there's a part where it's like mostly just pipes, and the upper's the parts where it's just cave, and there's parts where it's just um, um, it's just the underwater. But all those kind of like mix in together naturally into like a biome. Right. It's all the same area. And then really right, happens. But they feel distinct, even though yeah. it's, it's, yeah, right. That makes sense. And then what about the gameplay of what we saw for this game? Yeah. So, like at one point, we see Samus doing like really cool new stuff, like the, the, the Emmy thing, the robot. It's like crawling on the wall, it comes down and tries to like see her. And then you can like camouflage and like it tried to scan and it couldn't see her. There was like some kind of like invisible thing she could do. And like, it seemed like there's some new stuff there. And even just the idea of like something hunting you, that's not necessarily new. Cause like they had that in uh, fusion with like the, the evil Samus that kind of comes through as well. And they had it in zero mission. Yeah. So yeah, I think, what do you think about the gameplay? 
So the gameplay, I remember there was a change they made to like the wall jumping and they like prevented you from wall jumping in certain places. And I really didn't like that personally. Yeah. Um, Cause like, again, like super Metroid, like they had wall jumping and you couldn't wall jump everywhere because of the way the level was designed. They didn't just make it like, okay, there's a wall here and we don't make, we don't want to make this wall different. So we're just going to put something on it. So you can't wall jump on it. Yeah. Right? I gotcha. So that kind of like limits the gameplay, but it also limits like the, the geography of like, level design right yeah because you can and, now do less so they have to yeah. design it around that yeah so also uh, a big problem i had with sandwich returns was like the parry maneuver like yeah. it was the first time you did it it was cool but then every enemy is just like okay when do i have to parry this thing <laughs> yeah this become the whole game becomes super repetitive it's parry 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 <laughs> and that's like, always the answer you know, and it's never like I a think, different parry. I think know? there was like one or two enemies that mixed it up. But yeah, for the most part, it, especially like there are some enemies that you would see over and over again. And like throughout the entire game, no matter how far in the map you were. And it would just be like, oh, yeah, parry, parry, parry. Like you get good at it and it is fun at first. But then it becomes a thing where you're like, all right, well, now I guess I just get to turn my brain off. And like, I don't actually have to play the game. You know what I mean? Or I don't have to do anything new or different, which also happens in Breath of the Wild when you start to get good at parrying. Yeah, so you know, like and that, they that a lot mechanic, of that. the mechanic never really evolves. Yeah. You know? So you for this get... game to be sick, they have to, which I fully agree with. Like, it, I would want more biomes and more interesting locales and more definition in the background, like more detail, because that's basically what you're saying, which I agree with. And yeah. also, they have to evolve that parry stuff because they show it a lot in this trailer for this game, and they also show that she can like slide now and like. It looks like there's a lot of cool movement stuff. Um, But the main thing I want to ask, and and Kyle, I want to hear what you have to say about this too, is Uh like in in recent years, right, it feels like the Metroid-like genre of games has become so popular where like every year or every six months, like someone's telling me about some new Metroid-like that everyone's in love with. And like Metroid has been gone for such a long time. And then like Samus Returns came out and it was a good game. I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't even the best. It probably wasn't even the best Metroid like that year. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if it's like this game. I wonder if it really will hit that same level or if, if it'll be kind of like Zelda where Zelda invented the open world genre and then it kind of started going in its own direction. And then it came back to that with Breath of the Wild and like they made the best open world game ever. I wonder if this game is going to be like, all right, you guys think you know how to make Metroid likes. The, the, the queen is back. Samus is going to fucking body all <laughs> you guys. Like, let me just show you guys. This is my genre for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, based off of, like, you know, Hollow Knight and, like, you know, um, Guacamelee and, like, there's so many. Axiom Verge. Like, those games have gotten really good at the Metroid thing. And so, I don't know. What do you guys think about, like, is this game, based off what we just saw, do you think it's even possible that this is going to be like the godlike Metroidvania or Metroid-like game that everybody wants? Um, I personally don't think it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people who like like those indie games, they just they are like, okay, we're going to keep playing those. The Colonites like a mega hit, right? Yeah. Um. Even older stuff like Cave Story, like it's kind of like Cave Story, yeah. It's yep. like a mix between a shoot 'em up and a Metroid game. So, 
Like they're, they're just they're good games that have followed that formula, and they just do it really well now. And to me, it feels like Metroid in general has like almost forgotten what is supposed to be like cool about those games. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. but like they would have to like evolve the formula because all those games that are great, like Hollow Knight and like you know even Cave Story and Guacamelee, whatever, they do a good job of giving you that style of game for a genre we haven't had a lot of. But I don't know that they evolve the genre. Like none of them have taken it to that next level where oh now you guys all have to do it like this. You know what I mean? Like Kyle, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna echo the same thing. Like I would like to think, like you mentioned, like you know. Metroid is like they don't call it a Metroidvania for no reason. Like, not to my knowledge, not many like genres of games are defined by a uh, two literal like types of like, <laughs> yeah. games by title. So you know, uh, I I do kind of get where hungry what, what hungry saying. Like, other indie studios have gotten so good at replicating the Metroidvania style uh, that they're literally everywhere. Like you see it with all. You know, all these sorts of games like you mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you could. The Shovel Knight count as a, as a Metroidvania? Would you count that as a Metroidvania? Uh, no, because you don't really, like, explore a map. It's more level-based. It's more like Mega Man and, like, um, Super Mario Brothers 3. Like, yeah, usually you finish a level, there's some secrets in it, but it's not about, like, an intercollected, like, spaghetti pile of, of tunnels and stuff. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. I want to have faith that, like, you know, Nintendo knows that this franchise that the you know the people that like metroid have been so touch deprived for a long time for like you know a, a you know a uh you know a true like you know follow up to like what metroid used to be like you know in a day yeah. so i i don't know i'd have to watch some of the gameplay footage you know like hundred was saying some of that like some of the colors are kind of bland everything looks a little dark like they're kind of like uh you know hammering a little hard hard on the whole like lost space haunted apple store aesthetic so <laughs> i'm curious to see like how much of this game they actually show during the treehouse because that's that's the added advantage that nintendo's nintendo's gonna have and they've had over other game companies you know the last like however many years they've been doing the virtual conferences um yeah is that they've implemented the treehouse in a way it's like hey like if you guys are curious about like you know you guys want a gameplay we're gonna give you just hours upon hours of gameplay so i'm, yeah. I'm sure some other stuff will pop up with that you know later throughout yeah there's the still a weekend yeah there's still a lot to see with this game and like f i think for me like the answer to that question is like that genre of game as much as people love it the last time that it received any kind of meaningful like evolution was probably when Metroid Prime took it to 3D because I don't really think that like as good as those games have gotten in the last decade, like again, Hollow Knight and Hollow Knight 2 and like SteamWorld and all that stuff. Hollow Knight those 2. Games, yeah, SteamWorld 2, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Um, those games have not, if they're just really good at doing what Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony Night already did, they're not like yeah, this I, new. I haven't played thing. these games specifically, but I've heard that they're very different to what um, the classic yeah. Metroid is. Um, those games are Axiom Verge and uh, Environmental Station Alpha. They're yeah, supposed to be really good games uh, that use that kind of style, but they're very much their own thing. Um, but I haven't played them yet, so I can't speak to that. So I think what really is happening in like that genre is that people are kind of using that formula to make their own thing, and instead of like being like, okay, not everyone has to do this. So yeah, right. It's kind of it becomes like what really defines this stuff, right? And my mind started changing that when 
especially when Metroid Prime 2 came out, because that game, well, there's not a lot of, uh, like, once you get to an area, you basically have to finish it and then go to the next one, you know? Yeah, true. It's like kind of like a Zelda dungeon in that way. Yeah. But I wouldn't, but it still had that feeling of, like, exploration within that small area, right? So, um, it is weird. I, it's like now I've we become, have to draw the line yeah. on where the, the genre stops and starts and all that. But like, and it is definitely like a blurry line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I've come to like the conclusion is that, um, the biggest thing that defines, uh, metric for me, like, you know, this is gonna be there for everybody, but it's not Samus or, um, like the Ridley or anything like that. It's more the non-linearity and exploration of like not knowing where you are, right? Yeah, right. So even like a game like Dark Souls, which is... Oh, those to me are very... I hate that people call them like Souls games or Souls-like because of course they are. But like the layout is like a Metroid game. It's just yeah. that the combat is not like Metroid. Yeah, so you basically like in Dark Souls, there's through most parts of the game, there's like two or three different ways you can go. And then once you finish one area, it'll loop back into the other area. So it is exploration-based and combat-based, but there's no power-ups. There's no, like, doors and keys and locks, you know, not in the traditional sense of the way Metroid does it, you know? Yeah, and there's no, like, you know, you need, like, a power-up to, to, like, maneuver. There's no, like, movement option gatekeeping stuff, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you need to learn how to do this tech in order to get to this next part. Or like exactly. learn how to use this new power up, you know? Um, but yeah, um, for me personally, I'm super excited about this game. I've been waiting my whole life for this game, I feel like. And what I, I want to see more of it. I definitely feel like I, w- I hope that they nail the rest of it because I feel like they didn't really show us everything. And actually, one of the things I want to say is that I really hope they live up to the name Metroid Dread and introduce a lot of horror elements to it and make the game really scary because I feel like that is something that Metroid can do that like, you can't really do in the other uh, Nintendo franchises as much. So I hope they go that route more with it. But, dude, it's coming out this year. I am obviously so excited about it. Even if it's as good as Samus Returns, I loved playing through that game. I, maybe I wouldn't play it again like I would the other Metroid games. But, yeah, Metroid Dread. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to, to some other stuff. So we got four revivals in this Direct, three of which are collections. So September 10th, WarioWare comes back. And it's cool because now all the WarioWare cast of characters, like you can play as them and you play as characters in the micro game and they have unique abilities. So even if you're playing the same micro game, the different characters do different things. And there's two player co-op, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, which is a a remaster collection of the first three home console Monkey Ball games. There's some like arcade ones that came before, but this is like the GameCube era like 2001 like era monkey ball stuff and this game looks awesome has like over 300 levels uh, a bunch of multiplayer mini games if you haven't seen it it looks really cool and then there's dang rapa s ultimate summer camp (laughs) which is a four game collection uh or actually i I just found out you could buy all four of these games individually on the eShop after this comes out um I don't, I don't know what Dangrappa is, okay? I just hear all the Smashers that we're friends with, they're obsessed with this game. So I actually just went on Wikipedia, and this is the description on Wikipedia, okay? Because I can't explain to you what this game is. So I'm just going to say what it says on Wikipedia. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, no. Danganronpa is a Japanese video game franchise created by Katsutaka Kodaka and developed and owned by Spike Chunsoft. The series surrounds a group of high school students who are coerced into murdering each other by a creature named Monokuma. <laughs> and Monokuma Kuma is uh, the Japanese word for bear. So if you've seen like the 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 freaking logo for this series is like a, a bear who's half white, half black. Um, and he has like an evil side and a good side or whatever. So yeah, that sounds interesting. If you want to murder people, it's like a murder mystery game. And then we got Advance Wars Reboot Camp 1 and 2, which is a remaster of the first two Advance Wars games. Question, out of these four games I just mentioned, which one are you guys excited for the most? Like just pick one. New WarioWare, Monkey Ball Collection, Danganronpa Collection, and Advance Wars. Um, I'm actually really excited for Danganronpa. I'm not going to lie. This is the game that's like people close to me. Like, like we mentioned, like this is a big, uh, like people that in the smash community have like a couple of games that they gravitate towards as like other, you know, favorite games amongst people of the same friend group. And a lot of people that I'm friends with have like talked up and down about how great this game is. I've heard it described to me as Ace Attorney, just with more murder. <laughs> uh, which is like kind of up my alley because I I'm a big fan of the Ace Attorney franchise and you like killing and people. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean you said it again. Your words, not mine. I am merely just here. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny. But no, the game looks like a lot of fun, and these games are like I think I, I I'm not exactly sure where you're like able to get them before. I think they were only they were like on the PSP and like the Vita and like trapped yeah. on like Sony stuff. Yeah, so. and they and they go on sale on Steam all the time, so like they're constantly yeah. like you know available on PC. But you know, I'm an I'm a Nintendo Switch sort of dude, especially for like games like these, like you know, cutesy like visual novel style games. Like I would just yeah. rather have something like that on the go because I'm more opt to play that on the go. Uh, but I'm into it. I'm into a, I'm into like murder mystery stuff and like who done it stuff. So I yeah. think this game looks really cool. Not to say that I, I'm not excited about all of these games coming out because these are some like these are some some bangers. Dude, these are, yeah, these are all awesome. Um, yeah. The funny thing about what you just said about like, dude, Danganronpa is starting to become this thing where like it's almost like in our circle, you can't even be friends with people if you haven't played it yet. Like somehow. Everyone has played this game, and I have no idea what it even was. Like, I had to Wikipedia what genre of game it is. But, like, I see the bear everywhere, and, like, a bunch of people in our group are, like, obsessed with it. And, like, I've only heard good things about it. So that's an interesting, like, I remember a friend of mine was like, I can't believe that was in a Nintendo Direct. Like, you know how much murder and, like, blood is in that game? And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, dark stuff in it. But uh, Hungry, out of these four games... If you had to just pick one, new WarioWare, Monkey Ball Collection, Danganronpa, Advance Wars, Reboot Camp. What um, do you got? The one I'm probably going to like the most is the new WarioWare game. Yeah. WarioWare, they, they, they don't miss, you know? <laughs> Dude, they literally don't miss with that series. It's so hyped that it's coming back. September yeah. 10th, WarioWare. Um, the one I'm probably going to spend the most time on is probably Advance Wars. Let's go. Uh, I really like the first one on Game Boy Advance, so you know I'm excited to play the second one with and play the first one again. Um, I'll just cover the other ones kind of briefly, I guess. So, yeah. Super Monkey Ball, I've only ever played it in passing. It's like you want to play it for like five minutes and then leave. I'm like, okay, <laughs> 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 you know, you go to someone's house and you like about to like go somewhere else. Yeah, so that kind of situation. And, you know, it's fun, but, you know, I never owned it, and 
So I, it's I a very arcadey game. It's like yeah. instead of controlling. So like the first of all, the trailer's hilarious. Like the, I don't know if you guys caught this, but it's like the trailer is like the 2001 of Space Odyssey music, and it's like dun dun dun, dun and you just see the monkey in the ball in space, <laughs> and then like the way the gameplay works is that instead of moving the ball, you're supposed to get this monkey ball. He rolls down a course, and you're supposed to get him to the goal. But instead of controlling him, when you move the joystick, you're you're rotating the actual map, and so. It's like a really fun, fast-paced game. It's very arcadey. You try a million times to get it right. But people love these games. These games are really... I remember on the GameCube back in the day when, when these came to the console for the first time, it was like everyone loved that first the first two Monkey Ball games. Um, so this is a really cool collection. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and Danganronpa, um, I've heard very good things from people that generally like this kind of same kind of games that I do. They, yeah. It's also Spike Chunsoft. Um, they made the Zero Escape games, and I'm going to play those games very soon. So uh, I don't know if it's got to wait. I feel like I thought you were going to – I'm surprised you picked Advance Wars because that's my pick. But Danganronpa I thought you were going to pick because, like, all the people who love that game, like, they all love the same games that you like. Like, it, it, I just thought that would be a little more in your – wheelhouse i'm Why'd gonna you play it Advance eventually Wars? well i've already played Advance wars and i want to play a second one so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have like a lot of time to spend on it you know dude uh like warrior games are pretty short like I, like yeah. i said warrior wear is probably the one that i'm gonna like the most you know i'm gonna yeah. be like oh this is so hype you know like but then like after like 10 hours that guy's that nose game, yeah, <laughs> and now there's two player co-op which is really interesting like I just don't know how that's like I, you see two people doing a micro game at the same time and it's like really funny um, yeah, so it's I, a kind I'm of just, like they always find a way to like do something a little different with that series but it's still WarioWare I was a little messed up hearing Wario speaking like coherent full sentences like, yeah that, what that was he's that? Done it, he's done it before but it's just I, really always odd it's just so weird like yeah they had him like saying a lot he talked a lot in that trailer oh i'm mario yeah man you want to play my micro game i have a company like <laughs> he just wouldn't shut up i was like bro like, <laughs> but dude little guys little dudes dreams come true not only did we get a 40 minute direct with absolutely no fire emblem except for a firearm character getting thrown into a pit but we got <laughs> Advance Wars finally. I feel like we've been talking about this on the podcast since we started it. And I, if you if you don't know, Advance Wars was made by the same guys who and, and make Fire Emblem. And then after Fire Emblem became this huge thing on the 3DS, they just forgot about Advance Wars. It never We never got one again. And I didn't even want a new one. I just wanted to play the first two again because they're impossible to get on a Game Boy Advance. And they're like, or I played on like a Wii U virtual console, which... Who wants to play their Wii U ever again? Definitely not me. So, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2, that's my pick. Easy. WarioWare's close. I don't really have any interest in Danganronpa. Like, it looks cool, but like, that's not my style of game. Like, I don't want to play like those menu anime, like, oh, look, it's like a school game. Like, I'm not into that. Monkey well, it's Ball. Like, it's, like a, it's like a visual novel. So, oh, that's it's- even worse. Okay, we'll just move on. We'll <laughs> if I'm going to read a book, I'm going to read a book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's an oversimplification for anyone who's really upset right now, okay? 
But he's not Monkey play Ball, it, he's not lying. Mon- uh, Monkey Ball is really sick. I'm definitely <laughs> not gonna play it. Monkey Ball is really sick. WarioWare second place. Advance Wars I've waited my whole life for. It's a strategy game. Um, I'm a little annoyed that it's not pixel art because we just saw how cool the Turtles in Time sequel and the. Uh, That's the another sh- thing. Hold on. The Metal Slug. Yeah, the Metal <laughs> you just Slug. Reminded me. You just the reminded Metal Slug me. strategy game that was announced. Like, you just that's that's me. modern pixel art. Why couldn't so. Metroid be a pixel art game? Whatever. Just Dude, keep going. It's because it's. I feel the same way, but apparently it's just because it's so expensive and they don't have that skill set anymore. They Bro, hire who cares? people who hire know how to 3D model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel you. I would have rather had rather had a 2D game. Even though they're doing some stuff in Metroid Dread that is 3D, you know what I mean? Like they're doing the cool camera perspective stuff. Um, but anyway, don't, don't just stop talking to me. Just <laughs> <laughs> you're making it worse. Um, oh Advance Wars Reboot Camp. This game looks sick. It's it, the 3D models do look good though, um, and yeah, it's the first two games remastered. They're classic strategy games like Army style, but it's a little anime-ish. Like they have these cool characters like Andy and stuff. Um, dude, I've been waiting for so long, and they actually gave us a release date, and it's actually the only release date I don't have in front of me, dude. Like New WarioWare is September 10th. I think it's like uh, December. It's like December. Oh, something. it's I think it's December second. Yeah, it's early December. And Monkey Ball is October 5th, and Danganronpa is in September as well. So there's a lot of stuff. And yeah, those are our picks for the, the four revivals. Now, on to the, off- the uh, vaporware that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> the long-awaited sequel in the Shin Megami Tensei franchise. The last time that we got <laughs> that anyone got a like brand new entry in this specific side line of Megami Tensei games was in 2016. Uh, so hold on. Uh, yeah, I calling it a side. I did my homework. Calling it a it's side. Not a si- is- no, it's not like a si- it's not a spin-off. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant the Megami Tensei franchise has a lot of branches on the tree. I'm not saying that any of them, like Persona is one of them. Like that's not necessarily in this lineage because some people might go oh well what about persona 5 and i'm like that's not the same thing shimigami tensei is different okay so so here's what i'm trying to say though right yeah it's like saying like oh mario odyssey you know it's like this this uh, (laughs) us it's like what did you what did you call this game like it's a different uh no what was the words you used i don't i don't recall i actually don't (laughs) (laughs) It was the but, wording. I'm like, it made it sound like it wasn't like it was the main spin-off. thing. Like it wasn't the main thing. This is the main Megami Tensei gotcha. line. Right? So Persona is more of like the spin-off series. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um we got a, a, a thorough trailer for Shin Megami Tensei five, which comes out November twelfth. And it comes out November twelfth. And I literally, first of all, this game looks really cool, like in terms of like the visuals, like the graphics are cool and like the aesthetic is kind of cool. But outside of how it looked, like I'm sure Kyle probably can't contribute as much to this as and I can't. So that's why I need to ask Hungry, why does anyone care about this sequel? And (laughs) I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying they shouldn't care about it. I'm saying like maybe Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. Like me and you don't know anything about this series. Uh, I've played half of a Shin Megami Tensei game. Oh, so you know, you know you way talk- more than are you, I do. Are you talking about Tokyo Mirage Sessions? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's another different genre, apparently. So, yeah, um, yeah, we need to have Hungry on as the Megami Tensei self-proclaimed, you know, master uh, lore keeper over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why? Like, first of all, 
what makes this sequel like interesting or different in the franchise or like is there anything about this that would be like why do we care about Shin Megami Tensei 5 at all okay so um the first thing i'll say about it is that most Megami Tensei games uh like especially the the, the non-persona Shin Megami Tensei games they're kind of like not these huge big budget release you know yeah so like you'll get like you know, Super Mario Tensei 4 was like obviously they put a lot of effort into it, but it's like a 3DS game, and you know they're not using 3D models; they're using like yeah, like uh, JPEGs and PNGs for like the <laughs> for the enemies and stuff. And, you know, it's a little jarring. And uh, even the one before that, Super Mario Tensei: Strange Journey. You know, that's another mainline game, but again, it was like a a DS game. It you know it wasn't this big 3D adventure. Like the way it was since last time you got that for like a mainline Shin Megami Tensei game was uh, the third one, Nocturne, which is the one that just got remastered, right? Yeah, um, and just real quick, just so if, if anyone else is completely lost by this franchise, it's a JRPG franchise. There's a lot of things that are different about this these games than other JRPGs, but generally speaking, like that's the genre that it's in. Yeah, so it, that game came out in 2003, right uh yeah. nocturne so we haven't had like this really big budget or at least like medium budget <laughs> you know like yeah. <laughs> game for the the, the, the mainline streaming on game in a really long time so it does sound that alone like even if you weren't like uh, if it wasn't like a unique game it, it'd be for the fans of the game it'd be fun to have that you know what i mean yeah like at a, a baseline uh in the series in general uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, um, one of the biggest appeals is definitely just the subject matter. Um, so, you know how when your parents are like, you can't play Pokemon because it's the devil and it's yeah. going to make you worship things and blah, 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 right? That's what Shimmer Tensei actually is. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, in this game, you're like killing gods <laughs> and like, like becoming friends with demons. Or you could be killing demons and being best friends with God. Yo, Jesus, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like a lot of uh, the real life kind of mythos and folklore and religious things. There's, those are kind of like the the monsters and demons that are in the game. So it's uh, similar to Pokemon in that way. You know, technically speaking, this came first. But uh, it's easy to compare to Pokemon because everyone knows Pokemon. Yeah, because you're you like the enemies that you fight. Like, if you ever played any JRPG, you know you go into the turn-based battle system. And in the thing that's a little different about this series, and actually, like Nino Kuni kind of aped this, and Pokemon might have aped it, where it's like you fight an enemy, but you can just befriend the enemy and make it an ally and use it on your team. So it's not just an enemy, right? Yeah. So there's yeah, exactly. So and then you can like of, fuse them and stuff. Like, there's like weird yeah, we're, stuff we're, that you we're can gonna do. we're gonna get to that, right? <laughs> so. Um, like originally the, the, the biggest like things about the Megami Tensei series was the recruitment. So enemies weren't just enemies. They could be your allies, you know, and depending on like, uh, your inventory, like things you have on you or that your status, like if you're like, have a lot of health, they'll be like, oh, I could join you, but I want some of your health, right? So, like, they'll, they'll try to bargain with you. Oh, I want some of your money. Or they want, I want an item, right? Like, um, 
Another thing is that they, uh, most of the Megami Tensei games, I'm not sure if this one has it. I haven't really seen it uh, in action yet, but some of them have like a kind of a, a lineage sort of thing where it's like, okay, you can be like uh, part of the, uh, the law or part of chaos, you know, or neutral. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah. certain They have like demons, those roles that you could play in a yeah, way. Yeah, so certain demons are like, well, I don't think we're going to get along because you're a little goody two-shoes and, you know, I'm not about that, you know? <laughs> Something yeah, like that. I, I like to bag bitches, bro. Exactly. No, seriously, <laughs> some of them talk like that. <laughs> not not like in those exact words, that's but like, like, damn, that girl's hot. You know, they'll still say stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, like, they'll curse too. They'll be like, man, you're a piece of shit. Like something like that. Like they oh, just like, damn. they just say shit that's hilarious. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's tr- the few things I've seen of like Nocturne and then this game, because Nocturne just recently got released on the Switch. Um, it, it's like a more mature, they play with a lot more mature themes in these games. Um, and, and this game, like just the footage they showed today, like the world looked really cool. Like it's like post-apocalyptic. It's like you're playing after the world already ended. Like it's yeah. not, I think you told me once you're like, dude, the world's not ending. It's done. Like in this yeah. game, it is finished. <laughs> yeah. The deed is done. At the beginning of the trailer, they kind of show that like you're in, in Japan and like there's a, you know, you're on like a subway and like you're, you're just, you see a bunch of people everywhere. You see like, you know, people in their school outfits and stuff. And it looks like you might even be a student or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like post-apocalypse. And I'm like, oh my God, like they really just like, they're really going for it with this. Like this is very hardcore. Like it was very jarring to see that difference. So they're not afraid to be ballsy, I guess. Yeah. They, they definitely make a lot of like, uh, like, uh, they don't hold back on those kind of decisions. Right. Yeah. So just on that level, it's already interesting in that where it's like, well, they, people are going to die. <laughs> people have died. <laughs> uh, the fate of the world is now it's not about saving it. It's about what you choose to do afterwards, uh, almost, yeah. right? Uh, and it depends on each game, right? Each game is kind of like uh, independent in that way or they all kind of link together like through time, but not they're not like you have to play four first, something like that, you know? Yeah. So like, all right. So that's, that's just the series, like a general, like view. Just from an aesthetic and like that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, from the gameplay, um, it has like kind of like that Pokemon field where you can like recruit all the enemies, every enemy in the game, you can use it as your teammate, every single one of them. Right. Which by the way, I just want to say why that's so cool is because I think we all know what it's like to play a GRPG and like there are certain sections where you're like, oh my God, like I just trying to go over there and I have to go into this random encounter battle or whatever. Like Pokemon and this game, one of the things that's cool is that you kind of look forward to it sometimes because you might see capture something that you never saw. Whereas like the other games, it's like, dude, I'm already like 30 levels above everything and I already know everything I'm, I could fight and like I'm just going to mash through it. So it just becomes annoying to get into random battles. But in this, yeah. it's like, an opportunity to maybe make a new ally or get a new character or whatever. Yeah. So that's already cool. So next comes the fusion system, which is like, it's amazing. It it just makes the game so much more enjoyable. So basically what it is, is you take two demons or more, depending on like the type of fusion, right? Um, And you mix them together and you get a new demon, a more powerful demon, and they inherit skills from the, the two demons that you use to do that with right yeah 
So let's say even if you have to go through an old area again, we're like, okay, I can just recruit one of these older demons. So this will make this other demon with this more one, this more recent one that I got. You know, so that in and of itself is like interesting, right? Yeah. So, but also the way the leveling works in this game is that okay, there's a there's a central protagonist, right? And then there's like the demons that you control, and in that way, um, your party is like constantly changing, and. Because of the way the level system works, the central protagonists will level up more rapidly than the demons will. So you're going to be outpacing your demons. So you're you're yeah. like forced mm-hmm. to keep changing because you can't just like rely on like your starter Pokemon, right, and carry you through the whole game. <laughs> like yeah. it just doesn't oh, work, man. You know, yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. And you're like so, forced to give up like things you might like and try new things. So like, what? Uh, in terms of like the new game though, like is, is, so that's just generally like Shimigami Tensei mechanics and stuff and why the series is like unique among like JRPGs or whatever. But like so far, are you excited for this game? Like what from this trailer, right? Or like what they've shown of this specific game? Like how hyped are you on this game right now? Okay. So the, f- the first thing that I saw that kind of made me excited for it is that again, since Nocturne, right? Like we haven't had like this big budget thing. But they also, like, before, they were all, like, in first person and kind of, like, very rigid in this movement because they were, like, it's, like, it's all, like, a, oh, a grid. Oh, yeah, that's right? right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it looks like they took that aspect of Nocturne and, like, really, really, like, um, like pumped that up, right? So it feels like when they made Nocturne, there was, like, clear limitations to what they could do on the PS2, right? They had, like, specific visions that weren't possible. Yeah, and it feels like they're trying to do that now. Nice. So, yeah. like, especially like traveling in the overworld, like it looks very like you could just go places. So one cool yeah. thing I saw in like the treehouse part of it was um, there was like a a, a a really big demon in the middle of the map, and they go to fight it, and it's like forty levels above you, right? <laughs> So I get the impression that you can go to a lot of places, but it's up to you where they go and when you can go. Right. And like, depending on your level, like that's when you can get to places. So that's really kind of interesting and a little bit new to the series. Yeah. That's not like new to JRPGs per se. Cause like even Pokemon did that with sword and shield and like a bunch of JRPGs have done that recently where, they want you to see how crazy some of the enemies can be. And then you just go, oh, man, I'm not fighting that guy yet. That guy's yeah. way too powerful. But the fact that you can see it on, like, the overworld is so cool. It's, like, that's, yeah. like, a new thing for the series for sure. Like, yeah. it was kind of in the Persona games, like, even Persona 5, right? Where, like, you're, like, Persona 3, 4, and 5, they had, like, the, the, um, the shadows. And then in Persona 5, they made the shadows and the demons kind of... A lot of these terms may be confusing if you don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, uh, yeah, so the shadows became demons and then you fought them then. But now it's like you're seeing the fully modeled demon in the overworld and then you go straight into the fight afterwards, right? Yeah. So, and then a cool thing about this game is it's, uh, it's using the press turn system again, which um, another like another, it's another cool thing about Shin Megami Tensei is the press turn system. So 
let's I'm gonna compare I'm gonna compare it to Pokemon. So a lot of the demons have weaknesses, right? So in Pokemon, well weak just means you just do extra damage. So obviously that's gonna be good and it's interesting that like you wanna have certain types of different uh Pokemon and stuff like that. And that's true for Shmigamitendi as well. But it also instead of just, just doing extra damage, it kinda kinda gives you like an extra turn. So you have to like manage like okay, I could do like this move on that enemy and it'll give me extra turn so I could do this and I'll use that extra turn to heal and, or like I'll oh, use the extra turn sick. to like I, I love that. I love when yeah. you can find ways of stacking in those games because yeah. otherwise like waiting your turn to battle is just boring. Like I'm just like, all right, press A, turn my brain off, watch this animation for the eightieth time. But like when you're when you can stack like that and do interesting things, it like it just makes you more engaged in it. And it's like, oh look, I'm cheating. I got to go three times. <laughs> Before yeah. this guy can go once, you know? Yeah. But the opposite <laughs> is also true where they can do it to you. And you're like, okay, oh, I have to boy. be really careful because if I have yeah. this weakness around in this area, then I'll, I'll randomly get encounter this thing. They'll use the fire thing. And then they're going to have five turns. I'm going to die instantly. Uh, right? Yeah. So it, it kind of keeps you on your toes. And it makes, like, every battle interesting. And every action you take has to matter. You know, you can't just, like... Um, yeah, you uh, can't mash just your like mash things. your way through it. Um, Kyle, do you think, what do you, like, I don't know if you're going to try this type of game, but would you want to try this type of game? Yeah, I'd give it a shot. Like, I don't know if you're few- even, are you even a JRPG guy? I don't even know if you are. I, I feel like I'm you're a like- Pokemon only guy. I dabble, I dabble in other JRPGs. The problem about with me and JRPGs is that eventually I just hit a wall where it's like, hey, like, you know, obviously, like, the knock on JRPGs that the games are, like, really long and, like, you're going to be putting in a lot of hours in these games. So, like, games like Persona or games like Shin Megami Tensei, like, have always, like, been on my radar and I've tried to play them. Like, even games like Final Fantasy, like, I, I get to them, but, like, I get so easily distracted and, like, eventually, it, like, like Hungry said, like, you'll you'll eventually hit, like, a wall or, like, a power creep yeah. where it's, like, you you know, the enemies are just, like, way stronger than you and, like... You know, when I've tried as a kid, I've just gotten like incredibly like discouraged. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna play something else right now. But yeah. I definitely give it a, I, you know, I definitely give it a shot. You know, this game, it, it looks cool. I think it looks fun. I think the, uh, you know, from my combined experiences with Persona and you know SMT, I'm definitely at the, you know, very least mildly curious about this game. And I can play it on the Switch. So if it's on the Switch, I'll, you know, I will yeah. definitely be considering giving this one a shot. Dude, it's funny because some JRPGs, they literally like, they design it so that you go to an area, you have to grind for like 30 minutes before you're powerful enough to do anything. That's like more of an old JRPG trope, but I know what you're talking about. Like you get to a certain area, you're like, all right, well, I guess I just have to do random encounters for like an hour before I can continue playing this game. But anyway, that's Shimogami Tensei 5, which comes out November 12th. So we'll see what happens with that. Moving on. The big boy. Finally, God. The end of the direct, Eiji Onoma comes out. And unlike last time, where he freaking blue balled us, like Sonic, he came out and he just like gave us what we wanted, bro. Well, first he did he like they showed some Skyward Sword HD stuff. And then they actually showed like, okay, they're celebrating Zelda's 35th um with the it's it's a Zelda Game and Watch, which is very similar to what they did with Mario last year for Mario's 35th where they had a Super Mario Game & Watch. But the big difference is, unlike the Mario one, this Game & Watch doesn't just play one game. It plays 
three games and a half, or kinda. So it plays <laughs> the first Zelda, Zelda one on the NES, it, Zelda two from the NES, and Link's Awakening from the Game Boy, and then it also has like a little funny like Zelda mini game, uh, like a Game and Watch game where you where it's Link's face. So that was really cool, and you guys can just buy that for me, Kyle. Please, I need this, and I'm probably gonna be broke. Are Sorry, you gonna I can't buy this for me? You're breaking up. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Hungry. You're buying this for me, bro. You're fully employed. Yes or no? I'm going to buy it and play it next to you. <laughs> you see how much fun I'm having, bro? <laughs> Funny enough, I actually saw the Mario Game & Watch at Target the other day. There was like a bunch of them. And I was like, should I buy this? And I'm like, ah, I just, I really can't afford it right now. So I guess I won't. But man, I really hope like in 20 years or 10 years, I'm not like, man, I should have just bought it. It was right there. And now they're selling for like a billion dollars. Um, but yeah, so that looked really cool. But we're not going to spend any time talking about that because what we actually care about was that we finally got Breath of the Wild 2, or as they're calling it, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. We got new footage and a launch date window officially coming out 2022. By the way, before we talk about this footage, I just want to say, I told you guys that this was confirmed already because they announced a while ago that Pokemon, uh, the Diamond and Pearl remake, that there it's coming out November 19th. And I told everyone, if Zelda was coming out this year, it would be November 19th or in that window. <laughs> they never put Zelda out. Their big game like that, they would never put that game out in like next to Pokemon or like in the end of December or whatever. So Nintendo was right. This is why you come here instead of going to those other podcasts because they can't do it like me, bro. And one last thing about this before we talk about the footage is I'm really happy that it was delayed because even though I really want to play this game, bro, there were three different people that heard the episode before where I said it was coming out in uh -huh. 2022. And I promised anyone that if it was coming out in 2021, I would buy them a copy. And three people DM me like, all right, bet is on. So, dude, I would have been in the hole if that was coming out this November. So, AJ, get bodied. You can shake my hand later. Damn. You missed your free copy of GGs, bro. the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot to talk about in this trailer. But just generally, bro, like, what did you guys think upon seeing it first? Kyle, you can go first. Just tell me, like, generally how you reacted to this trailer. It wasn't very long, but there was actually a lot in there. Uh, I liked Link's quarantine haircut. <laughs> I, 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 did, I do enjoy a shaggier Link. I thought the Winter Soldier arm was cool. I actually had to rewatch the original trailer for Breath for like the announcement of Breath of the Wild two because yeah. like I forgot like literally that because I was just like wait does Link like lose his arm at some point in the game like right what what what, what happens here like am I gonna be like is is he Luke Skywalker like what's going on I wasn't quite sure I had to like refresh my memory on that but uh, the game still looks stunning visually. Uh, I, I, I like the, the concept of Link being the avatar with his newfound arm power and can, like, materialize through stuff and, like, control the elements. And I guess that takes the place of your Sheikah Slate or whatever, you know, your uh, your uh, stasis MacGuffin is going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I, the game, again, it, it was a very small teaser trailer. It's nice to know the game, like, still exists. Uh, I definitely know why they're trying to re make you buy Skyward Sword because you're going to be flying in the air a lot. It looks like. Yeah, uh, that was that's what I thought too. I'm like, oh my god, like this is connected now. Like there's it, th this is very much like, you know, they say in the Anoma says like, oh, you know, one of the things we're doing is we're expanding it to the sky uh, a lot, and 
that's something I thought about when I played Breath of the Wild for the first time because you climb everything. And I'm like, dude, the last game, I got a bird and I could fly in the sky. Like, I would love to do that in this world. So I don't know how they're going to do it because sometimes it looks like that sky world stuff is not connected to the main world, but sometimes in some shots it is. But like the king, the thing about Breath of the Wild was that everything was always connected. Like it was, there was never like other than going into a shrine, the whole overworld was always there. So they right. better make it that I could like, I don't want it to be like Skyward Sword where you have to jump through a specific hole to go down into the the, the world. You know what I mean? If there's what, yeah. And my only like lasting thought from the trailer, like again, it was so short, like it's hard to like form an opinion. Like yeah, outside right. of the fact that like, yeah, it looks cool and it exists and it's coming next year, hopefully. Um, I've had I had the same feeling for like a couple of games, uh, like that were shown today, and the the ver the lack of a Switch Pro like acknowledgement is was very like jarring oh, today. Oh yeah, because like a lot true. of these games that they're showing look like they are going to run like crap on the standard Switch. Like Breath of the Wild two looks gorgeous, but if it's anything like you know how Breath of the Wild you know one runs yeah. in certain areas of the game the frame rate's gonna chug that guardians of the galaxy game looks dope but at the same time like the frame rate in the trailer was just like it could like barely handle it so dude I'm it could barely handle it when they were showing the ps5 version so on switch that thing is gonna like melt your console in your hands yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you're, you're gonna have to like play it in a hazmat suit so i don't know <laughs> I, I i think maybe we'll we'll see what happens as we get closer to 2022 if nintendo does you know, announce an upgraded version of the Switch to like play these games. Um, and you know, if history repeats itself twice, they'll release that you know version's Zelda game uh, in conjunction with the new release of a new uh, updated console. But other than that, you know that that one you know a a, a nitpick uh, be it. Uh, the game looks cool. It's exciting to see that there there's progress you know being made on it. Right. So hungry. What was your uh, reaction to this trailer? Um, a, a first thing that, uh, that came to mind was, uh, Zelda falling into that pit. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> everyone's like, oh, could you play as Zelda in this game? And like, you know, that would have been interesting if they found like a way to play as different characters. Instead, they found another way to get rid of her early. So yeah. that it's like, she's not there. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's gone. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. in a volcano with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um... The the arm thing is interesting, but it's not really different. It's more of like a story point, really. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's like how does Link have the the runes abilities without the the slate that Zelda has? Because yes. she clearly had the slate. Yeah. So it's not really different, you know. Yeah. Um. But what did you think, just emotionally? Like, not even analyzing the trailer. Like, just in terms of, like, once it was over, were you like, whoa, that was sick? Or were you like, huh? Or were you like, oh, cool. Like, what was the, the reaction? You know what I mean? I was definitely excited. I'm like, I, I really like Breath of the Wild. I definitely have a lot of complaints about it. Some people didn't think I liked that game because I was always complaining about it. <laughs> but it was just because I liked it so much that I'm like, why is it even better? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? So... Uh, I'm just excited to play it. I'm like, this is, looks looks good. This looks like I'm gonna have fun with it, in the same yeah. way that I had fun with Breath of the Wild. So, you know, so you know, we'll see how it goes, bro. Yeah. So my reaction was very confused because my I, I initially I was like, what the like? 
I definitely did not expect them to do, take it to the sky and all that stuff. And like, dude, the arm thing, I, in the original trailer, I don't know if you guys remember, like the first teaser they showed for this game, you see that like Link's hand gets like grabbed by something. But at, at first, because it's glowing green, you actually think that it's like the mummy's hand or something. Like I rewatched the trailer and I was like, oh, it was actually Link's hand. And it gets completely like in, like engulfed in this, uh, the malice thing. And then like watching this trailer, it looks like, like you said, it's more of like a, a story thing where it's like it has all the rune abilities now and he doesn't need the Sheikah Slate. Um, so it's a convenient like story thing, but, um, it actually, all right. So when Breath of the Wild came out, right, they released all this concept artwork for the game and a lot of stuff that was in the concept art that they didn't use is in this game. So one of the things was one of the early redesigns for Link, cause they were like, oh, we're going to reinvent Zelda. One of the early redesigns was like, oh, Link on a motorcycle. They ended up doing that in a different way. They had one where Link was like in a spacesuit, which they didn't use, I guess. But then one of them was Link had like an arm cannon and it, it was like his hand was cut off and he had an arm cannon. So like that was already in the concept from the first game. And now they're going really full on with that. Um, and some of the rune abilities are different. Like if you watch the trailer again, like my first reaction was like, oh, this is cool, but I'm confused. Like, what did I just see? So when I rewatched it and took my time with it, it's not actually just the runes. Like he did stasis on like a ball and it showed you where the ball came from. And then you sent it back in time. Like he sent it back where it came from. So it's like you in the, in the original game, you know how like you have to freeze something and then hit it to tell it where to go. And then when the stasis was over, it would launch it. This was like, it would just do it on its own. You don't have to hit it. Um, and then there's like a, a scene where like, there's a drop of water that it drops and then it goes backwards in time. And their music is actually played backwards in time. And if you play the music, if you play the trailer backwards, that music is the Breath of the Wild theme just played backwards in the trailer. So there's a lot there, dude. Like if you rewatch this trailer, my first thought was like overwhelmed. Like I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Am I excited or confused or what? And then when I rewatched it slower and took my time, I'm like, holy shit, there's so much stuff here. <laughs> dude, one of the things is like Link has like a, so if you listen to the Xeonon, Zelda conspiracies episode that we did for Zelda's birthday earlier this, uh, this year, you can go back and listen to it wherever you're listening to this right now. Cause it's free everywhere. We talk about how there's like a secret race in breath of the wild called the Zonai. And they're a race of people that you don't see in the game, but you see like their buildings and markings everywhere. And they're in like the Hyrule Historia. Like they tell you that they exist in the universe, but like you, there are no surviving members or they're like a secret group. Link has the Zonai like logos on his arm in this trailer when you see him in the sky and like there's a lot of stuff going on i'm telling you like if you rewatch this this trailer there's like a lot of hidden stuff there that that could be really cool um so yeah i was really like excited and another thing that's really crazy is like you there's like that scene at the end you know where like link goes through the bricks of that island in the sky did you do you remember that uh like Vaguely, it's like it's like it's like right at the end like it's like he just like pops into the sky and he's like underneath like a like a a, you know just like a brick or like stone island and he literally Uh, goes through it his body like phases through it like that's a really weird mechanic and if it means that you could like in breath of the wild style like you whatever they give you you could use anywhere if it means you could just kind of like pop through everything like what is that going to mean for the gameplay like there's i have so many questions like 
<laughs> I have so many questions, but the main thing that I want to talk about is like, was this trailer mind blowing? And like, what did you expect? And like, does it need, do you feel like this is an underwhelming trailer? Do you know what I mean? Because like this, the hype for this game is so high and the reputation of the original is, is so high that it's like, this is going to be a very tough act to follow with the original Breath of the Wild. Like the biggest Zelda in terms of sales, in terms of reviews. It's like it has more perfect scores than any game in history. So was this trailer worth the wait for either of you? Kyle, you can go first. Um, You know, I, I it's, it's weird. I'm conflicted because like I'm definitely still excited for this game. Like now that I'm like in, you know, the midst of playing through Breath of the Wild myself and like. You know, I now have uh, like a foundation for what I can expect in the second game. It's something to get excited about. It, it was hard for me to get excited about like the teaser trailer initially because like they didn't really show us anything. And in this case, you know, you get to see some landscapes. You get to see Link running around. Hyrule still looks pretty as sin. So, yeah, it, I, I think um, it, it's I'm definitely excited. 2022 is still very vague because, you know, like with most Zelda games, there's a tendency for things to get pushed back oh, forever. Boy, yeah. So 2022 could mean February. 2022 could mean December 31st. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So it's a very or November. Wide... Yeah. November 19th, you know? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a very wide landing spot there, um, you know, for, for, uh, you know, Anuma and, uh, and company, but I'm definitely excited, you know, to like considering we've talked about it ad nauseum for the last month, a podcast and just in general, you know, in regards to, you know, these four games that feel like that they're stuck in like purgatory, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Metroid prime Four, it's breath of the wild two games that got announced, you know, two plus years ago that we yeah, still don't know a three Jack about yeah. Bayonetta three still not even a, like, not even a wink, yeah. not even a <laughs> sniff of Bayonetta three. That game is legitimately never coming out. I'm convinced it's a myth. Yeah, um, definitely. But, you know, I I think now that there's like actually some like tangible footage and and, you know, you get to kind of see what uh what the development team has been doing and, you know, what might be different. I think I can like, you know, for the most part, put myself in excited. Like, I, I'm definitely going to buy this game now for sure. Like, yeah, I don't think there's Hungry, ever a doubt what do you I was going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of like being mind blown or whatever like do you think this trailer was mind blowing in any way or maybe it wasn't but it didn't need to be or like i just feel like the hype is so high that like i wonder if this trailer that we finally got to see gameplay of this game is it like does it match the anticipation you know what i mean or like was it mind blowing um i don't know i'm like i, I definitely saw things that i wasn't expecting and they were all interesting that's all i really care about <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but outside of that like I, I get i got what i wanted you know so uh mind-blowing it's kind of like a tricky to do you know yeah also i would say that like the original breath of the wilds trailers while they were really cool they weren't mind-blowing either so I, I don't know if like i'm just wondering because I, I did a twitter poll where i was asking people like hey we finally saw this game like what what did you think of it? You know, and I had four options. Like number one was all caps, OMG, mind blowing. Number two was it looked really cool. Number three was like, <laughs> it was okay. And number four was honestly disappointing. And honestly disappointing got almost no votes. The most votes though were for it looks really cool. 
And like some people just said it was okay. And some people said it was mind blowing. And I'm like, I think it's because they didn't tell us anything. They just showed us stuff that we don't know what it means. And we're still, this game is still so far away and it's still very mysterious. And I thought, I think maybe the other, you know, with the original Breath of the Wild, they like showed us trailers that they explained what the game was. And with this game, it's still just like, it's almost like a, a longer version of the trailer we got from the reveal where it's like, we don't really know how this game is going to function. We can, we're just looking at this stuff and we're speculating, but like they haven't blown the doors off on it. So I think that is kind of killing the hype a little bit where it, they're not telling us what's so new about it. They're just showing us things that we don't understand. But like, I don't know. Like, I think, dude, going into the sky and them revisiting that concept, to me, Skyward Sword was such a cool idea and it was just trapped on the wrong hardware. I feel like they could have done so much more with flight in a Zelda game. That's like a dream come true for me. I've always wanted a Zelda game that had flying stuff in it. And so if they pull that off in this game, that would be like unreal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess for me, like I'm not mind blown. And I think the more I watch the trailer, the more I'm like, wait, that could be mind blowing if it is what I think it is. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it ended up coming down to when you finally get her hands on it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So that was the end of the, the E3 uh, direct. Now, uh, let's just talk like, I know Hungry's going to hate this. <laughs> he hates adding numerical values to anything, but we're going to just force you to do it just this once. No. Give us a letter grade. Kyle, what do you think of this overall direct in terms of like, again, we had we didn't get an E3 direct last year. And we've gotten like these really annoying directs ever since, like the mini one or like third party showcase or like the one last time where they kind of showed us stuff, but they didn't really show us what we wanted. Like, is this an A plus? Is this a B? Is this a D? Is a C for cringe? What is this? It's hard because considering what E3 has been and granted, I've been keeping like you know, pretty loose tabs all weekend outside of like the important stuff. A lot of what's been showcased this weekend has been like pretty like mediocre, like it hasn't really been a great E3, in my opinion. This oh, past boy, year. yeah, it's I, been I, horrible. Yeah, it's been it hasn't been great. Um, looking squarely at you, Capcom and Square Enix for literally nothing. Um, sheesh. Sheesh. Yeah, sheesh. <laughs> um, I for me, I, I'm going to solidly give it. Uh, I don't know. I'm a fair grader because I got bad grades in high school. I'm going to solidly give it like a B plus or like an A minus. However you want to look at that. Like, nice. th- there's definitely there's because we talked about it before what wouldn't be a bad e3 direct for me is that they just show us crap that we already know about they didn't spend too much time on mario golf they didn't spend too much time on um and to be honest they didn't really spend a lot of time on they showcase pretty much new stuff grant you know for the most yeah. part uh, yeah that's true um i think the smash reveal was was fine you know it was it was good it was a good trailer uh tekken is is still hype i'm very excited for things like Danganronpa and a new Mario Party game and WarioWare and you know uh, advanced you know for people who are into advanced wars like I'm you know and all these like older games that are getting rebrought back you know it feels like we're back into GameCube era with all the games that are being like brought to uh, the Switch right now uh, and and listen considering that Nintendo always puts like the gameplay first you know I think that they have really mastered the E3 formula with the the direct uh, virtually as well as the Treehouse in combination of that. So considering that everybody else kind of just died on arrival 
you know, <laughs> outside of, outside of Elden Ring, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, existing, um, I'm willing to give them a, a, an A minus for this. Yeah, hungry. What do you think? Okay, so the question is about Nintendo or E3 in general. No, no, just Nintendo. This direct, like, given you know the history of recent directs and all that, and just what you were expecting, like, what do you think they did? How do you um, think they did? I feel like I wasn't expecting much. Like, I just kind of like tempered myself, right? Yeah. The, the, the things that I expected were Shimigami Tensei Five because they said it's coming out this year, and the release date was this year. So you know, I'm happy to see all that, and it looks really good. So. Like that was already like that would have been enough for me, and then you're mm-hmm. getting more. So um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good direct. I'm like, there's nothing really to complain about here. Yeah, and and I think we, you know, for me personally, I'm gonna give this direct a, an A. This was literally like what I want every direct to be like, where they they literally had so much diversity, right? Like they had so many different types of games, like WarioWare. But, you know, they had some stuff that was like maybe casual. They brought back a lot of old stuff that looked good. And then they had the big guys like Metroid and Zelda, you know, like the big hardcore game that I care about as a Nintendo fan. Um, And honestly, there's just a lot of games that I'm going to buy that were in this direct. Like, honestly, there were so many, dude, like almost every game that was a Nintendo first party game. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that. Like, that looks awesome. So for me. If I'm going to give it a letter grade, I'm going to give it a Glenn 10 out of 10, bro. And that, that thing was godlike. I loved it. So Zelda was looked amazing. Metroid is what I wanted. Um, no Fire Emblem. God, thank you, Jesus, man. <laughs> if I saw a new Fire Emblem and no Advance Wars, I was going to be so upset, dude. Um, but yeah, Nintendo definitely won E3 this year, which isn't saying a lot because, again, it was impossible to lose. They literally could have showed up with just Metroid. Or just Zelda, and they would have beat everyone else because everyone else's presentations were really bad. Like, Microsoft did pretty good, but it was like, Microsoft can't win E3, dude. Like, their games are just too similar. Like, no one's going to win E3 over Forza ever. That's never going to win you an E3. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Halo is never going to win you an E3 anymore. Like, Halo looked really good, but you also showed us like a million shooters, and there's just a million of those games. So and Game Pass is kind of busted. Like Xbox is definitely like yeah, hammered themselves a market here, but I agree. It's it's hard for them to win considering what they're up against most years. Yeah, and a lot of their games are just again, a lot of first person games, a lot of Space Marine games or like whatever. There's just a lot of similar stuff or stuff that's on th- other platforms. So now that Sony like refuses to go to E3 every year, Nintendo just basically wins automatically unless like they really blow it. So um yeah, I thought it was a great direct. Finally. I want to say that yeah, the, the indie games this year were pretty cool. There, there were, were some a lot really of, good ones, yeah. Yeah, stuff like uh, Death Store or even like Tunic were pretty cool. Uh, I played like the demos for A Musical Story and Unbeatable. And those are like two rhythm games. They're two completely different rhythm games, but they're both rhythm games, right? And they kind of have a nice twist on the genre. So there was like at least the indies kind of showed up this year. Yeah, that was you mean from like the Jeff Keighley Summer Games uh, kickoff thing? Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So yeah, those, but, yeah, those, but, those but were, in general, Nintendo was very, very strong this year. Yeah, it's like every year people are like Metroid, Zelda, and we finally just got Metroid and Zelda. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff that looks awesome. So 
Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Like probably one of my best Nintendo E3 directs or just directs in general. Uh, finally, before we get out of here, all right, all the games we just talked about. I want to put. I want to. I want to pose this question. If you could only have two games that were in this direct, what are the two games, Kyle? Oh boy, I want you to go first. We got. I'm just gonna run through a few of them real quick, just for the listeners to uh, know what we're talking about. So wait, what, what's going on here? Okay, so obviously Smash Ultimate doesn't count. We already have that. All right, so it starts with the Smash Ultimate DLC. We have that at Not, home. Yeah, I already got that. All right, so we have Mario Party Superstars, we have Metroid Dread, we have WarioWare, Monkey Ball Collection, Danganronpa Collection, Advance Wars, Shimigami Tensei Five, Zelda, and there were a bunch of others that were in the direct that we didn't talk about in this show. But just the ones I just mentioned, you only get two. What do you got? I mean, I'd have to take Zelda as one of my choices. I feel like there's a lot of time to be spent doing nothing in that game of me just getting lost and making food and trying not to die. So, you know, it feels like a great representation of my everyday life. Um, as for on the other side of that, I'm again, I'm still super excited about Danganronpa. Like that's a game that's been on my yeah. radar for a long time. Uh, I love a good visual novel of good murder mystery. I love uh, the concept that a stuffed animal could, you know, gain power in the education system <laughs> i think that's great that's a that's a that's a fun concept for me and even though you didn't mention it i am legitimately excited for that guardians of the galaxy game like I'm, oh I'm yeah timidly i'm excited about it because Mar what marvel and square enix doesn't have the same boom that it did you know pre the avengers game coming out because that oh, game boy. was hot garbage um but you know if i as, as long as it's like less destiny and more like actual i don't know more mass effect depending on like how uh because it looks like there's scenarios where you have to like make choices on things and hopefully it'll, it'll like affect the story down the line so if you give me more of like a mass effect like guardians of the galaxy like third person you know beat em up adventure game i could i can get on board with that that sounds fun imagine being on this show and not picking zelda bro if you didn't pick zelda i was going to kill you bro honestly is that a threat no, Your Honor. <laughs> Imagine this is playing in court as evidence right now, and I'm just breaking the fourth wall. Uh, hungry. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, my two choices. Uh, I don't even have to think about it. Zelda and Shimmer Grand Tensei Five. That's it. I knew it. I knew you weren't going to pick Metroid, even though Metroid is your favorite game of all time. Super Metroid. You, you were not very excited about this reveal. Yeah, I mean, anyone could have guessed that I wasn't going to pick Metroid. <laughs> I like, talked about Jumpman Sensei 5 for like 30 minutes on its own Yeah, <laughs> about how cool it is. And I the Metroid, so I'm like, this is why it sucks. <laughs> Metroid is bad. All right, my two, it pains me to say this because I've been waiting for Advance Wars my whole life, and I'm definitely going to buy that day one. So I'm glad this is just a hypothetical. My two are obviously Zelda and Metroid. There's no way that I'm not playing Zelda and Metroid. And I can't believe Metroid's this year. So I'm super, super hyped on that. All right, babes, little dudes, we did it. E3 is finally over. We've been waiting our whole lives for this E3. 42 episodes of this podcast. We're talking about pretty much all the games that were in this freaking direct and how long we've been waiting for these games. Um, yeah. What else are you guys going to do at your night? Uh, it's a, I, I have a, some notes to prep for my own podcast to talk about E3 this week. And 
Uh, I am doing it with a, a friend of ours. I'll, I'll reveal it to the folks here because uh, it's it, it has a yes, and it'll work out. Uh, I will be uh, recording an E3 episode with my old gloves off partner, Chris, Mr. Chris Santarelli, this weekend. So uh, Chris Elodian himself. Yeah, getting the, getting the old band back together to talk about uh, n- you know Nintendo. Yeah, this should be yeah. a fun time. The master hand gaming streamer, Chris Elodian. Yes, sir. And hungry. What are you gonna be doing with the rest of your night? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll leave it open-ended. All right, guys. That was our E3 episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye, sir. Goodbye. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SuperGlentendo. The Glintendo Podcast is a weekly Nintendo slash Smash community podcast. Our aim is to have galaxy brain conversations on all things Nintendo. If you like the show, please consider becoming a friendo and supporting on patreon.com slash Glintendo. Friendos get early access to the show each Thursday. The show then becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, and you actually like the show, please give us a good review. It helps boost our visibility so more people can find the show. This show is brought to you by our amazing producers, Naomi Eduardo, In a Yellow Flash, and the legendary Riz.